Welcome to today's episode of Bright News Star. We have Charity and Marie, and today we are talking about the principle of examining our lives. And most of us are familiar with the quote from Aristotle, the unexamined life is not worth living. And I also had read something that was Thomas Jefferson quoted Confucius saying, by three methods we may learn wisdom. First, by reflection, which is the noblest. Second, by imitation, which is the easiest. And third, by experience, which is the bitterest. You want to shoot for the reflection one. And another man, David Emerald, said, sit and reflect. That's good to do from time to time. It's all too easy to run through life without reflecting. Life's lessons can be lost if you never pause. Mm. So we want to talk about how important it is to pause and examine our lives, how we feel, the pain that we have, the challenges that we're facing, what's missing, what needs to be added, what needs to be taken away. We need to examine our lives regularly. And great places to do that include nature. Oh, absolutely. I love the quote from John Muir. He said, climb the mountains and get their good tidings. Nature's peace will flow into you as sunshine flows into trees. The winds will blow their own freshness into you, and the storms their energy, while cares will drop off like autumn leaves. And I just think of how powerful that is, those things that pausing in nature and examining our lives can take care of bringing more freshness into our lives, giving us energy, and dropping off cares. Examining our lives, facing our lives, and especially in a beautiful place, can help us do that. Oh, I can. Yesterday, I was up the canyon. I don't even know where I was, but there was a cave with water. I was so tired. I laid in it. And as I was lying in the half in the water, half against the wall of the cave, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, this is like a sound bath. I am able to just let go. And the shakiness of my body started to let go. And I think that's what nature does is as we go and examine our lives, and I honestly thought at the time, I said, boy, I want to come back here and just write, write and write and write, because it's a safe place where I can let go. And there are other safe places, right? Right. Well, and the important thing is to create one, to pick a place, to choose something, whether it's a room in your house, a rock in the backyard, up the mountain, it doesn't have to be fancy. We just need to consistently go to that place. Exactly. I remember in college in Provo Canyon, there was a rock in the middle of the Provo River. And it was a huge boulder and I would go and that was my place. I would go and do my writing and just lie on it. And some of the most brilliant things came from that time as I was examining my life because I was looking at here are the realities and here are the Mm, that makes me think of a quote by Sarah Ben Brethnock. She says, Above all, we must learn how to pause. Usually, when the distractions of daily life deplete our energy, the first thing we eliminate is the thing we need the most. Quiet, reflective time. Time to dream. Time to think. Time to contemplate what's working and what's not so that we can make changes for the better. Begin to learn how to pause. Mm, that's so beautiful. So true and needed. Right. And I love that you just took the time to go to the river and sit on the rock and write. We can give ourselves permission to stop and pause and reflect and do those things. It makes a huge difference. It really does. 
what's fantastic about it is the whole piece that when we're looking at our lives, people tend to either really truly kind of say, I'm a realist or I'm an optimist or I'm a pessimist, but they label themselves without necessarily examining where they are. And I think that's really important because if we want to get to the next step, we have to look back for a moment. Yeah. Well, I started a practice of looking back each day a few years ago and just writing down what went wrong. We talk a lot about gratitude and things like that, but I think it's important. I was examining my life each day and say, what what didn't go well? What didn't I like? Where did I mess up? And I kept a journal of the things that didn't go well. And I would also try and think of why didn't it go well. And after doing that for months and months, patterns started to emerge. And so this examination of my life started to help me see what I was doing that was causing me problems in my life. And the more I saw that, the more I realized there were things I actually could do to make a difference because oftentimes in those moments, you're like, oh, I messed up again. Oh, I messed up again. And we just throw up our hands. But as I really sat down and thought about each of those mess ups, which happen all the time, I started to see those patterns. Almost all of my troubles come from being in too much of a hurry. And so that's why learning to slow down has been such a focus for me because I want to eliminate these problems in my life and they seem to be caused by being in a hurry. So I've been studying really hard for the last number of years how to slow down. And it's actually made a huge difference. I know, I was just thinking, what a blessing because... Your children then learn how, oh, wait a minute, I don't necessarily have to repeat this piece. I can go through the same learning mom had without experiencing it, which is the very first quote, right? I love the Thomas Jefferson quoted Confucius. Yeah. Learn by reflection. Yes. That's what I would do. I just sit and think about the day. Why didn't it go well? And instead of just sitting there going, because there was a time I would sit there and go, just horrible. Why do I always mess up? Why do I always do that? I was asking the wrong questions. I needed to just really look at what happened entirely. Eventually, I was able to see, oh, I was in a hurry. I was in a hurry. I was in a hurry. Oh, wait a second. There's a pattern. It's not that I am a bad person. Exactly. I was in a hurry. That has been so helpful to me to know that I'm not a bad person, but I mess up when I'm in a hurry. Hmm. Let's learn how to slow down. And that is why we examine our lives. We also get to say, hey, do I like this piece in my life right now? You know, do I need to be having more fun or do I need to be more serious in a certain study right now? Do I need to be spending more time with family or do I need to be getting more sleep? And when we examine our lives, that's when we can see like the last few weeks for me, I'm learning that my body just likes to wake up earlier and earlier, which therefore means I need to go to bed earlier to honor the fact that it's doing the best that it can right now and I need to help it. But if I'm not willing to examine that, then I'm going to some, one of my big ones is as much as I always want to go to bed early, I have had a bad habit of not, and I'm paying a price, but examining it now, realizing, oh, hold on, I don't have to be sick in the morning. Well, it's just amazing what happens when we look at our life, not to judge it, but to understand and not to condemn ourselves, right? But to look for those patterns so we know, oh, I need to change this. I have no idea how, but I now at least I know 
that this is the issue, not that just I am wrong or bad. Yes, exactly. And the tender thing is there are mercy along the way. Last, last weekend, our grandpa puppy, I've always called him my puppy for as long as we've had him, died. And it was heartbreaking because we knew he was old, but it was one of those things where we never thought he'd die. And he was always our protector. And yet this time, all of the family was around him for hours, Friday night, getting to say goodbye. Where last year when we moved, we had to leave our cat and we left him on a farm with some friends. But the kids never got to say goodbye. And that was a hurt that was acknowledged but nothing could felt like it could be done about. And this time when our dog died, the kids all said separately, Mom, it felt like I finally got to say goodbye to both the cat and now the dog. And there was healing. And it was because they had taken the time to examine and say, hey, my heart hurts that I didn't get to say goodbye to a beloved animal. So yes, parents try their best, but sometimes we really mess up. And yet, because the kids had examined their hearts previously and shared it with us as parents, it's like the Lord brought in the tender mercy. But again, it goes back to examining the life. And that's one of the hardest things is to examine the pain in our life. Most of the time, we try and distract ourselves from those pains. We want to do anything, but think about what hurts. Pascal said, the whole calamity of man comes from one single thing that he cannot keep quiet in a room. And I've seen people like that, that silence, they just can't handle silence. And it's because they start thinking about life and what they have and haven't done. Pascal also said, weariness, nothing is so insufferable to a man as to be completely at rest without passions, without business, without diversions, without study. He then feels his nothingness, his forlornness, his insufficiency, his dependence, his weakness, his emptiness. There will immediately arise from the depths of his heart weariness, gloom, sadness, fretfulness, vexation, despair. And if we aren't trying to actually look at those things, that's what happens in those quiet moments. Instead of looking at them to see what they're telling us. Yes, and how we can change and have a better, happier, more profitable life. Right. And Sertoyanes, who I, I'm always quoting, I love his writings, but he said, that is the cause of all of our misfortunes. And if we look back for the reason of this restlessness, we shall find that there is an effectual one, the craving to evade the vision of our destiny. And as I thought about that, how we avoid looking at our lives because we're trying to evade the vision of our destiny, that that's the cause of our misfortunes. And usually when we think of misfortunes, like, oh, the, all the hard things. But when I read it recently, I thought of missed fortunes. Literally missing a fortune. Yeah. It's not the trials. It's the missed fortunes in those experiences. How many fortunes have we missed because we have not chosen to look? Yes. So having eyes to see. I love how you have said in the past, there are times that you'll say, oh, God, thank you so much for opening my blindness to whatever our situation is. Right. And that's what examining our lives is. It's opening our blindness. And it's a beautiful thing. And I love also how you said mm, these missed fortunes, because the word create in Hebrew means organize. So if we want to be able to create or organize the kind of life we want, then again, we need to be looking at where we are. Right. And we have to look at the painful things and the good things 
and just look at them, not be so focused on them that we are internalizing and wallowing or wondering, but just pause and really acknowledge. I hurt. Why do I hurt? I think there's times in our lives where someone's come up and given us a hug and we've kind of winced because we have a sunburn or be a wound of some sort. And that hug was not intended to harm, but it caused us pain. Instead of saying, oh, I shouldn't have felt pain, we should say, why did I feel pain. But that takes some examination and we have to look at that and never to be ashamed that we are feeling pain or that we're wounded. They far too often people feel ashamed or shamed by the wounds that they have and the pain that they feel. Agreed. I love, love, love the examination piece because last night as I was falling asleep, this full anxiety attack hit and I thought, oh my goodness, really? I just want to experience everything in this life right now. <laughs> but I realized I need to do some process journaling to see where the anxiety is. Oh, there's a fear of potential risks in the future with cancer. Okay, that's that's okay. I can now acknowledge that fear. And it was so good to know that I could do it or I can meditate. That's been a huge piece. So last night I was like, there's no way I'm burnt journaling right now. I'm literally just going to meditate and it's going to help calm my mind enough to be able to see clearly again. And also when we're looking and examining our lives, what it allows is for us to own the pieces that are ours and others to own the pieces that are theirs. There are people that I have so desperately wanted to have loved me and they have not been able Able to love me in a way that I understood at least. And I finally in the last year have started to understand, you know what, they might not be able to in this life. And that's okay. I still like me. I still love me. And lots of people love me. And I'm going to claim my peace and work on my own life. I'll allow them to have their peace as well. And separating that gave such comfort. And I feel like I can breathe and be myself more. That's beautiful. That examination helping you distinguish between what you have control over and what you don't. Yeah. And that your worth is not tied up in the actions or inactions of someone else. And when we examine our lives, you can start seeing some of those pieces more clearly. Our eyes are opened to truth about ourselves and about other people. Yes. What's sweet about it is that when we examine our lives, then when we go back into normal life, there's a lightness of spirit. Or I've found that when I have pictures come up on my computer or my phone, there is joy because I already looked at, okay, here are the pieces that I'm really dealing with right now. Okay. I've now acknowledged them and put a plan in place if needed, and I can joy in the past. And that's been really sweet. And I think of Thomas Jefferson. I recently was at the Library of Congress, and it was so fun to see his library, mainly just because of the breadth and depth of knowledge that he had. But he had deep, deep pain. He missed his wife all of his life. And I love his grandson said, my grandpa always laid everything out in front of us. He let us see everything he was doing. And every night before he went to bed, he purposely left the door open so that people knew that he was available. So his family knew he was available if they needed him. And I think that is a person who was willing to examine the heart. Did he examine all of the heart? Who knows? I'm not him. But he examined his life and said, here, here I am. See me, family. See me for who I am. Yeah. Isn't it amazing what happens when people do that? We sometimes wonder, how did these people get to where they are? Well, they faced their own lives. They faced their questions. They faced their challenges. And they reflected about it. 
they thought about it. I like the word reflect because it's looking in that mirror and at the reflection of the day, I guess, and really looking at it. I mean, have you ever spent a lot of time like looking in a mirror, seeing how far into the mirror you can see? Yes. It's really fun, especially when you're little. I remember spending hours just like looking in the mirror and seeing everything backward. You get different perspective by doing that. And if we pause at the end of our days, end of our weeks, and periodically through the year for a period of time, we will see things that we otherwise wouldn't see, which will help us be able to do things we wouldn't necessarily be able to do otherwise. And that makes such a huge difference. Just that vision that comes through reflection. Yes. The other person, I guess, who really reflected on his life was Abraham right? Father Abraham. I think about how he was thinking through the pieces of his life, his father's idol worship. And because I'm thinking through it and the hard, he then became the father of nations. And he was able to make changes in his life. He's like, oh, I actually need to move, right? (laughs) If I want to (laughs) live. And what I love about that is that dad followed him. He didn't have to totally cut himself off from his family, but he needed to move his family into a new situation. Yeah. And sometimes we have to do that. We have to move ourselves and our families into new situations in order for healing to happen, in order for change to be able to be possible. Yeah. What a blessing. So honestly, examining our lives, how often do you do it? Well, it's interesting. I was actually just reading in a John Maxwell book this morning, and he was talking about, I think he used awareness, but reflection, same type of thing. But he suggested that you should sit down at the end of every day and reflect, how did this day go? And then spend a bigger chunk on a Sunday. How did the week go? And then spend a half a day quarterly to do that. And and I found I really do better. I have a hard time doing it at the end of the day. Right. I'm tired. Yeah, I'm too tired. <laughs> <laughs> too. Yes. End of the day doesn't work so well for me. The end of the day, I prefer listen to some nice music and just go to sleep. But for me, it's first thing in the morning is when I like to reflect on the previous day. I find my mind's a little more clear and I have some space in between what happened, which helps me have a little more perspective. I don't get to do it every morning. We're moms. Life is real. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but when I do, it makes a big difference. Just to sit there, I call it my change journal my repentance journal and write down if there are things that didn't go well. Try and write in it also the things that help things go better, the patterns that I've seen that have been blessings. I highly recommend pausing daily. I love when I can have a Sunday morning all to myself and do that. Sometimes I do it while I'm walking, but it's really good to do with a pen in hand. It is. I agree. I found that for me, Sundays, Sunday afternoon for a few hours, But if I don't also do it a few times during the week, that's when my mind starts spiraling. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's so important for me to do it more often. Yeah, you're far more advanced on that and I will get there. And that's what's fun is it's a process. Right. It's okay to take that time. You're going to be a better mom and you're going to be a better wife and you're going to be a better employee or manager or whatever your role is. You will do better if you take the time to pause and reflect because otherwise you will miss life's lessons. Somewhere I was reading where he's talked about everyone has experiences, but not everyone learns from those experiences. (laughs) And it's the reflection that actually enables learning from the experiences. So if you're having the same thing 
over and over and over. And you're just like, why haven't I learned anything yet? It's like, well, have I paused and reflected and internalized the lesson again and again and again? Or you might just keep getting that experience again and again. And I really feel like that was what was happening in my life as I would go into these situations and I would have the same problems over and over. And I would say, why do I never learn from this? It's because I never took the time to examine what was really at the root of this experience's negative qualities. And once I did, I am not having those as often. I still do, but they don't happen as often anymore. And I'm so grateful. Isn't that so cool? And as part of the spiritual creation, it makes me also think, no wonder the Lord gave the Sabbath. <laughs> right. Well, and Sabbath means to stop. It literally means to stop. So we need to stop. That's what we're supposed to do. Stop, stop worrying, stop doing the, all those other things and reflect back on the week. It's an awesome practice that really can make a huge difference. I love that. Love, love, love. So what are you going to do this week to carve out a time to sit and reflect on your day, on your week, or on the last few months? What place are you going to find and go to regularly so you can learn how to pause and reflect and not lose the lessons that your experiences are trying to teach you? 